You are tuned in to the Foul Weather Podcast, the forecast to your next successful hunt. Coming to you from the home office, Jack's Reef, New York. The second largest conservation organization in the United States, Ducks Unlimited is only second in size to the Nature Conservancy. A fall weather recap? Just how much food for ducks is there in harvested corn alone when there's no snow? And your migration forecast. All that and more on this week's episode of the Foul Weather Podcast. We thank our weekly listeners. You know who you are. Those that never miss a single migration forecast episode each Monday morning. Y'all are as ate up as me about ducks, duck biology, and duck migration. You know where the ducks are at before the ducks know where they're at. Whew, think about that. You know where the ducks are at before those ducks know where they are at. Our dedicated weekly listeners can pick the best days to hunt because the Foul Weather Podcast forecasts fresh ducks hot from the north. Shoot the ducks from the north before they know where they're at. I'm your host, Dr. Mike, coming to you from the road, Missouri, Mississippi, and Texas this week for us. We hope Santa brought you some fresh ducks late last week as forecast by the Foul Weather Podcast. As a reminder, we produce the only duck migration forecast available. All other migration reports are just that, reports. They tell you where ducks were yesterday or very often last week. We use the most up-to-date mathematical models to forecast duck migration each week from October to January for the Central, Mississippi, and Atlantic flyways. We drop episodes each Monday morning for the next week so you know what days are best to hunt fresh ducks. All right, let's tackle the weather severity index to date, or how the temperature and snow cover has been from September to November compared to data from the last 129 years. The temperature ranks for most states from September to November across the central Mississippi and Atlantic flyways were in the 120s out of those 129 years with a with with year you know the year that's ranked 129 being the warmest so most states in the central mississippi and atlantic flyways were in the 120s that is most states were near record warm the only areas that really differed were the southeast us where that el nino pattern really started to result in kind of what were only slightly above normal temperatures but still kind of above normal temperatures. Rain during this period until recently has also been really dismal. Uh, Where have the rain and water budgets been okay? Uh, They've been good in Oklahoma and northern Texas, and as noted last week, those are places that actually have uh, some decent numbers of ducks if there's a bright spot, right? (laughs) Hey, ducks are, after all, waterfowl. No water, no ducks. Uh, Pretty simple, folks. Um, I know all the other chatter out there is tempting, uh, but the reasons are really much, much more simple, right? And when we drill down uh, into November temperatures, every state north of the Deep South, north of Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, and South Carolina were above average, um, and those southern tier states were near average temperatures. So that's just November, not the average across September to November that can mask some patterns in temperatures. Uh, But those November temperatures north of the Deep South were above average, and southern states were near average temperatures. This is a typical start. 
again to that El Nino pattern. Uh, November ranks were also in the dumpster, well below average. Not helpful, really, for attracting ducks to southern areas. And a lack of snow makes it hard to push ducks kind of out of those northern areas as well. We also ran a comparison of the weather severity index values for Des Moines, Iowa, and Ottawa, Ontario for 2018 and 2023 from the 1st of October, and these values run through the day after Christmas, so 26 December. Those charts are also on our Facebook page, uh, foulweather.co, if you want to check them out. The difference in WSI values between 20 and 2018 and 23. 2023 are astonishing and it's quite noticeable why mallards up through the day after christmas really hadn't made it to southern latitudes yet all right enough uh about the rant here enough of a rant about the lack of weather to drive ducks south right now i want to tell you why everyone should be a member of ducks unlimited a lot of y'all are probably more familiar with ducks uh, than Delta Waterfall. So if you want to learn why you should also be a member of Delta Waterfall, please go back and listen to a couple episodes ago. It's simply entitled, uh, Why Everyone Should Be a Member of Delta Waterfall. Ducks Unlimited start, a, start really came from you know the, the Great Depression, when conditions were not only dismal for people, but also waterfowl. Hunters thought that this was the end of waterfowling really coming, right? This was not a good period for wildlife in general, but definitely wetland wildlife uh, during kind of the Dust Bowl period. Drought was rampant and duck populations were at all-time lows. Uh, Yeah, all-time lows. Nothing like the recent years uh, since the 1990s when water has been abundant on the prairies, right? Instant ducks just add water. I love that term. It's really all it takes, and folks wonder how ducks keep making it, even with all the habitat loss on the prairie. Largely, when the prairies get wet, right, instant ducks just add water. We've all done really well with the help of waterfowl biologists with Ducks Unlimited to restore wetlands up and down the flyways to ensure ducks return strong to the breeding grounds. A lot of what Ducks Unlimited does nowadays is restore wetlands, which is probably a task that will never be completed because about half the states have lost 50% or more of their original wetlands. But DU did, just like Delta Waterfall, started from something much smaller, an organization called More Game Birds that aimed to stock ducks like they did in Europe. But like others, right, Delta moved away from this too. This way of quote-unquote saving ducks was shown not to be a viable option. So over the years, Ducks uh, Unlimited evolved into an on-the-ground conservation machine and powerful force in Washington. They helped conceive, craft, and assist in delivering nearly every wetland and grassland conservation initiative to date on this continent. Ducks Unlimited has a substantial hand in the development of the North American Waterfall Management Plan, and then they were critical in the development of the North American Wetlands Conservation Act that is the vehicle to this day to meet the habitat and population objectives laid forth in the North American Waterfall Management Plan. The political focus of DU went to the highest level as George H.W. Bush delivered the keynote speech at Ducks Unlimited's International Waterfall Symposium in Washington in 1989, where Bush Sr. maintained steadfast of his no-net-loss policy when it came to wetlands. Now, I don't want to ever get into the politics of this too much, but Bush Sr., a Republican, uh, steadfast hunter, 
an advocate for wetlands because of the science behind wetland conservation and what it meant for wildlife and the people of this country. So this is definitely uh, the North American Wetlands Conservation Act comes off the president's desk annually and is has always been signed uh, no matter if it's a Republican or Democrat in that position. So lots of uh, bipartisan support for this issue. Ducks Unlimited also continues to fund critical research throughout Canada, the U.S., and Mexico to ensure they are a science-based organization delivering focused conservation efforts to ensure their dollars spent have the greatest gain. The DU machine typically leverages funds as well at about a 4 to 1 ratio, sometimes as high as 8 to 1, or meaning for every donor dollar raised, DU can use those funds to secure additional uh, monies from federal state agencies, all making our duck hunter dollars go further. Okay, enough chest beating about ducks. They are a great organization. They have nearly three quarters of a million members, have conserved over 15.5 million acres, play a substantial role in federal and state policy that focuses on conserving wetlands for waterfall, other wetland wildlife, and people. In my opinion, everyone can scratch together a few hundred dollars or so to be a member of DU and Delta. Both powerhouse organizations do great deeds for ducks and duck hunters. I've met many folks that have an axe to grind with one or both of these organizations. But let me, let me just leave you with this. There are just too many people that don't care or would rather see duck hunting banned for all of us. For us to fight among ourselves at the conservation table is not a good thing. We are all in this together. We are all duck hunters. And we should all find ways to support both of these great organizations. All right, so you're going to hear information that's different than this from your friends, possibly, that, that DU is the problem. DU is the reason that ducks don't show up at southern latitudes anymore. So, you know, take, take this to heart. I've done some math on this over the years. I know there's no way that this is true. Again, it's not a huge conspiracy by Ducks Unlimited to grow and flood corn to hold your ducks far north. It's just not what they do. We'll cover a bunch of this on the corn episode that will be at the end of January. Uh, but let's just hit the facts here for five hot seconds. Last year, there were a record 94.87 million acres of corn planted in the United States, or about 38 million hectares of harvested corn. Hectares are just the, the metric version of, of acres, and it's what we work in in, sci in science. So I'm just using hectares for that reason. Uh, and from you know prior published research, we know that each hectare of harvested corn can feed about 948 ducks for one day. So if we multiply 38 million hectares by 948 ducks and then divide, let's say, by a wintering period of 153 days, we get an astronomical 187 million ducks that could be fed on that harvested corn, right? on those 94.87 million acres of corn. That's how many ducks could be fed if it was accessible, right? If it didn't have corn, uh, sorry, if it didn't have snow on it. So what's to blame for ducks staying north? Who even cares if flooded corn does exist? There's enough food just in harvested fields if they are not snow covered to hold nearly the continent's ducks that feed on that type of food resource, like mallards, north. 
More to come on the corn episode on this topic that will be covered at the end of January. All right. As previously noted, we are on a hunting trip uh, from Missouri to Mississippi and then on to Texas. And so our sound quality for the migration forecast this week is going to be, you know, a bit off compared to normal. All right. First, it's easy to say that this is some of the driest I've ever seen the boot heel of Missouri. And we hunted two days on a friend's lease. Uh, we fired a few desperate shots at best. Uh, it was pretty much a bust. We tried to draw at a conservation area, but unfortunately, we got what we like to call the flying J pill, or a number so high in the draw that you might as well go to the flying J and just have breakfast. <laughs> uh, another friend nearby that has property near where we were hunting also noted that he really hasn't even bothered hunting since opening day on the first split. Uh, just, just really no ducks. Uh, we're on to Mississippi tomorrow. Uh, we're hoping for a few we got a friend with a farm with some flooded fields, and there's a duck club nearby, so we're just hunting private land, and, uh, you know, we're hoping for a few birds. It sounds like there might be a little bit of water. They got an inch of rain, which really filled stuff up. He had a farmer flooding fields before that and got an inch of rain, uh, so we're hoping for the best, right? But it looks kind of rough in general. Uh, the Mississippi River uh, diversion ditches down here in the Boot Hill of Missouri are nearly dry. And it was 50 degrees when we left from, you know, up north earlier last week. So we're just happy to be sp spending time with great friends across duck country and, you know, making the best of what we got this year. It's a tough one for everybody. The good news was that the breakfast sausage, which was homemade duck patties in the duck blind, was freaking fantastic. So that was kind of a highlight of the last couple of days was hanging out with friends in a really nice built blind and you know, hoping for a few birds, a few green wings buzzed us early, got some shots. But as I said, it was kind of a kind of a bust, you know, can't win them all. So just great to be traveling uh, with, with folks. And my good friend Chad, we'll do a, we're doing a kitchen conversation right after this with him. Talk about his career as a duck hunter. He's a boot heel kid and, and kind of salt of the earth. So really looking forward to chatting with him. And you'll have to look for that as we release those in the, in the coming coming weeks. All right, so on to the migration forecast for this week. Uh, there was some rain last week that helped fill some fields and wetlands a bit throughout the drought-stricken region kind of that we've been talking about in the mid-continent, uh, but way more is really needed to, to produce habitat for ducks so they'd stick around. A quick moving system across Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, and then headed east will come through this Tuesday, Wednesday, and early Thursday, which will help with some of that drought, you know, region in the deep south. But, you know, they, meet, they need more. Um, that track seems to be consistent now with this El Nino year. Kind of comes up the Texas coast, crosses Louisiana, Mississippi, um, comes across the southeast. So, you know, El Nino years typically are wetter. And as predicted by the Foul Weather Podcast team here, you know, these rains are going to, uh, they seem to be starting to occur more and more and more frequently as we approach the new year, and they should should continue into uh, January. So hopefully this will provide some much-needed habitat for ducks um, and places for duck hunters too, right? We want to send these ducks back strong, and hopefully we can finish the season with at least a few more ducks in the bag. Uh, so, you know, with the migration forecast, let's start far west because that seems to be the best potential for migration 
Really looks like a decent cold that moves as far down as Kansas. Um, it should push some mallards south starting around Thursday of this week. But most like the most likely day for movement will be Saturday, which has some favorable north winds as well in the evening. So the weekend for places south of Wyoming and Kansas, Kansas should pick up a few more mallards. But the weather severity index or WSI values are just slightly greater than that needed to cause migration. So don't expect it to be too much. Um, don't expect it to you know light the marshes up or anything like that. But there should be just a few extra naive fresh ducks around um, that might be dumb and easier to decoy right talk to a guy actually i'll bring this up talk to a guy at the conservation area where we were at and he mentioned that pretty much you know it was the days that we had predicted he they they had some super they didn't have a lot of ducks but they the ones that they worked really committed um, and that's what i would have expected is some of that stuff going on this week but but you know far and few between not a giant push with the cold a little bit of cold that we got but some stuff so that was good to hear it kind of fits what we had predicted which is kind of what we've been hearing all year right that um, that our predictions when we do predict even the trickle of ducks that folks are get picking up a few um, and when we tell them they're stale they're, they're probably really stale right farther east move back to the migration forecast here farther east in Iowa to northern Illinois on Wednesday through Friday, looks like WSI value is great enough to push ducks farther south into the latitudes of Missouri. Uh, you know, and maybe some will make an overflight to places like farther south. Uh, but again, this is not a total freeze out at all, just cold enough to cause some mallards to make that move, okay? In the Atlantic flyway, it really continues to be a, a complete dud. Um, there's some early ducks, uh, pintails, gadwall, you know, continue to trickle southward, but nothing that would really cause any major movement of, of, of mallards that we, can, that we can see, right, or any major movement of birds, of ducks in general. Overall, best bet is the weekend for the far west states, just to recap here uh, in our migration forecast area. In the mid-continent, I'd focus on Friday and farther east, Thursday through Saturday, looks like the best bet for duck movements south. I'd expect a small movement of Pintail and Gadwall out of the mid-latitudes in the Atlantic Flyway and into North Carolina and places farther south later in the week. Uh, but little to no mallard migration in the coming week for the Atlantic Flyway. We really need colder and snowier conditions to move them south. A guy was hunting uh, the, the local refuge with in New York up until about a couple weeks ago. I kind of bailed on it. It just got really slow. We just weren't getting many new ducks. We got a little bit of ice. It got super stale. But he found, he said, it took him a week, but he found birds. Um, he found a little flooded patch of woods, and, and they killed mallards. So, you know, as far north as New York and the Atlantic Flyway, um, almost to Lake Ontario, almost to Canada, there's still folks shooting limits of mallards and shooting black ducks. So rough year all around for everybody. Um, if you are just catching up with us and the term WSI or weather severity index is new to you, please go back and listen to episode 8. It's called Predicting the Grand Passage. Also catch up on our long-term seasonal forecast on episodes 5 and 12, where we detail what a strong El Nino means for the rest of our January weather. 
Folks, we're doing some recordings this week with friends throughout uh, the Boot Heel of Missouri, the Delta of Mississippi, and Coastal Texas. Keep your eyes out as we will be releasing our first episodes of the Kitchen Conversations and the In the Marsh series, which are conversations with duck hunters in duck country and raw, mic'd up conversations and shoots throughout Duck Country USA. Spread the word about the Fall Weather Podcast. We produce the only duck migration forecast available. Ducks will move. They will migrate. Follow us to find out where and when. Remember to share, follow, and rate us for free. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Facebook, and Instagram. We also appreciate if you take the time to rate the Foul Weather Podcast, and we thank you for your support. Also look us up on the web at foulweather.co, where you can find episode links, recipes, and additional information about how to support the Foul Weather Podcast. We are the forecast to your next successful hunt. Thanks for listening, and as always, may your skies be filled, and shoot straight, my friends.